0: back this is the rifles only accuracy podcast everything center fire and rimfire uh here to discuss today we have a good one we're back again with dave how you doing dave i'm doing
1: pretty good this uh this week's a little bit uh crunch time for me it's it uh shot show week and i uh i'm just not too bright i i knew that with the dates i knew exactly when they were and had stuff arranged but my brain for some reason was thinking those dates were next week and i had a whole week to get ready so i'm in a lot of trouble oh, right wow. now no. yeah
0: no. you are in trouble you are in trouble were you able to get flights out of the valley or you got to go somewhere else oh
1: no i was able i'm flying out um i won't be there too long i'm flying because i guess i i swear i thought they usually did it like towards the end of the week and end of the weekend this week's just uh, mm-hmm. during the week so uh and um so i'm flying out tomorrow around four here i get there about six i think i'll meet up with some people for dinner or something and then uh thursday i'm gonna hit it that pretty hard and for me it's actually uh pretty much a, a real like i'm going to shot show not just to look at cool stuff like this year i'm actually going for business contacts and actually f- for shot show the real reason and uh, uh, i'll be able to talk more about that in a week or two but going to get a lot of meetings set up and all for thursday and then uh, i'll be there friday i'll go by half a day and finish up some other stuff and you know it'd be the last day so a lot of people would be tearing down and then i'm back out of there friday hopefully without uh, Getting sick.
0: I was getting ready to tell you, you need to take your hand sanitizer, like a lot of it, Fill up the bathtub and like bathe in that crap because you're going to get sick.
1: Oh, it's going to, it's bad. And then the week after I'm doing that, uh, uh, AG cup that they're doing in Navasota, apprentice and those guys. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm just really hoping that I don't get sick. Uh, oh, another cool thing. I'll be able to talk more about that. Also in a week or two, we have, uh, a Mark seven, apex 10 which uh, they, they make the auto drives for the, the progressive presses and then they make their own uh-huh. uh progressive press so we have an apex and uh auto drive on the way hopefully it'll be here next week uh so i i know i've done use dylan progressives but um haven't used the mark 7 stuff and uh haven't i've never had an auto drive so this will be pretty cool
0: that will be cool that will be cool very, very good. Well, um, what else is happening in your world that we need to know about?
1: Uh, I think, I think it's really about it. Um, uh, like I said, every, you know how it is, everything just shuts down for shot show and, uh, just getting through that and then getting back and getting back on it. And there, this actually doesn't look too bad, I guess, since we've had a couple of years since the last one with COVID. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out and, and, and we'll probably I'll make a list or we'll, we'll go over some stuff next time and uh, or if anybody writes in and has something they want to talk about, I'm sure I will have seen it. Um, and we can okay. give it a shot, but yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Schmidt and Bender actually is releasing that's, oh, well, you know, there's a, there's a big, I guess everybody is, I don't know if it's because of the technology has come around where we can get high magnification with really good clarity, or if the mm-hmm. industry really just wants the, the, the high magnification. I don't know what they, I'll find out this weekend and ask everybody. Mm-hmm. um, you know, you had that seven to thirty-five Nightforce attacker with a ten meter, ten, yeah, ten meter parallax for quite a while. Well, now let's see, Zero Compromise announced an eight to forty. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll have one of those within hopefully a few weeks. Uh, as soon as they get the first ones, they're ready to go out. I'll have one. Uh, you know, I'm sure you saw Vortex release their Gen three. I think it's a six to thirty-six. Uh, yeah. Schmidt and Bender announced this week they are releasing a six to thirty-six. Uh, okay, uh yeah, it just seems to be like that uh thirty five to forty power people are um you know good bad or in between and and like I said, I'm not sure if people just really want that right now or if it's you know makers have been you know manufacturers have been wanting to do it for a long time, but they just lost so much uh clarity on the high end I don't know, I don't know, so.
0: Well, we'll see, man. I'm interested to see what you come up with after you take a look at them.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about them. I think it's it's uh, it's it's like everything else. I think we've talked about. It's a really good time. Well, it's not good for your your pocketbook, but it's a really good time to be a, a shooter, a consumer. The options are just nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, the pocketbook always suffers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no question, no question. Well, on a on a on another note, the mm-hmm. pocketbook took a hit whenever I got the got the ATX, but I'm still screaming happy with that sucker. <laughs> oh
1: yeah that's that things man I'm, I'm 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 resisting it so much because i've got a, a i'm pretty happy with my setup right now and I'm, I'm gonna get more hands on it this weekend so
0: uh it's it's oh. yeah it's gonna be bad yeah you don't you don't know happy you no. don't know happy
1: yet
0: uh-huh. <laughs> all right well, let's roll into this um I had, a, I had some questions come through on the, on the Rifles Only Accuracy podcast uh, w- or uh, email, uh-huh. and so I'd like to address them. Uh, I got uh, three of them that we're going to cover, or, or actually four, or maybe five. I don't know. I just want to make sure that we can cover these. But here it came up. The question says, <clears throat> point of impact change. Hmm. Now listen closely. Okay. I've noticed during sightings in prior to a match where I have a point of impact shift, even if I just sighted in at my local range the day slash week prior, not major shifts, but sometimes point two to point one to point two mil at a hundred yards. Have you found this? That's the first question.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm questioning if it, if it is attributed to entering non-precise environmental and sighting info into my ballistic solver. Example: using temperature, relative humidity, density, altitude uh, from the from the internet reported airport ten miles away, and not measuring. If my rifle is, for example, 0.1% inclined during sight in, mm-hmm. so let's let's take this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. Uh, have I found this? Yes. Okay. Um, yes, I have found this, and I'm I'm just gonna give you a quick example. We finished a course here last week, and it was a small class, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you know great great shooters in it but we went over and the first day, you know how, how it is, we're, we're out, you know, we do the fundamentals, uh, evaluation and then we go and we talk about the fundamentals and have a lecture and then we go out and just want to get our guns zeroed in, you know, zeroed mm-hmm. in, you know, uh, knobs put back to zero and everything else. So we got everybody zeroed. All right. And, um, you know, the groups were significantly better, mm-hmm. you know, as always. This, from as always, you know, and, and so, uh, and, but the thing about it is, you know, that during the week, you know, especially after we're going, we're we bouncing guns around or, or dial them all the way out and then dial them back. We'll always go back the hundred. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to, just to check it and make sure that, you know, nothing, you know, nothing got screwed up or anything else. Well, on two of the shooters that we did have that little bit of a shift and what, you know, they've made the adjustments, whatever the case may be. But what we find is during the class, the style that people mm-hmm. shoot Changes it changes because you've got me over there, and I'm talking about you know, and I'm and typically these things typically, these things are going to be lateral. Sometimes they'll, you know, be one, just like you said, point one or point two, high or low. Um, but what's going on is you know, with, with, during the days we're out there coaching and we're saying, okay, 90 degree trigger finger straight back on the trigger. Okay. Watch your breathing. And then we've already had a chance at this point to go out to the longer ranges to where breathing really does make a difference. You know, where you can see it, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, graphically right in front of you. And so whenever that happens, the, the style and the way you shoot changes a bit. Now, what he's saying is from one day to the next. Okay. Well, of course we see that because, but he's not training, you know what I mean? He's going back and doing the same thing, but I do know that body position, uh, hand position, trigger on the finger, all of those things can change, breaking at different points in your breathing cycle. And it could be the difference. I always like to use the example of, you know, um, I could be off two tenths of a mill at a thousand yards, mm-hmm. which is 7.2 inches. And that would depend on whether or not I had two cups of coffee or three cups of coffee. You Absolutely, know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah and so We'll we'll see that. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not concerned about putting in environmentals for a hundred yards. I don't really see massive changes in point of impact, you know, because based off environmentals until you get a little bit further out. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I know this is because you know where I live. Oh yeah. And I'll zero all my stuff here and then I'll go up to do a month of classes in Colorado. And I've still got the exact same hundred yard zero. However, mm-hmm. my six hundred yard dope is markedly different based off environmentals. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really seeing that in the hundred to two hundred yard range. And then also, he puts on here. Uh, he's getting his, you know, that that information from ten miles away. I do the same thing, you know, when yeah, I'm using ballistic fine. arc. I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just plug it in. It doesn't really matter. But then he didn't know if um, if he's not measuring with my rifles, for example, point one percent inclined during sight in, point one percent is, is not, is not going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. We, in, in that same class, what we did was, you know, we were talking about, you know, shooting angles and the difference between uh, flat flatline shooting. And the, the example was at 400 yards. And I think we used a, uh, we used a 30 degree angle on it and the difference was 0.2 mils uh, based off of that shot at, at four which really doesn't make a difference. But then you take the same angle and extend that out to 800 yards. And now, now we're talking, mm-hmm. um, your experiences, <laughs>
1: Pretty much the same. Um, I guess we'll uh, miss bust a little bit. And, and I don't know who made the comment. So it's not directed to actually a person that writ- wrote it in. It's just because uh, you see this a lot on uh, forums or, or just talks and all that about. So there are a few calculators. And by the, by the uh, way, uh, yes. by
0: the way, for the by the way, for the listeners, I never tell Dave who these emails are from. Oh, I have no ever. clue. <laughs> idea. I have no you know, idea. I, yeah. We're not together. He, the email does not go to his email. It only comes to mine, And he he has no idea. Whose names are on these emails or anything? So just go moving forward. Continue on, sir. Yep. So
1: um, some some calculators do have a, a zero weather, and there's two reasons for that. One, it's kind of like barrel break-in. They get so many questions about it. They give you a process so so people don't call in about it. Same thing with a calculator. Mm-hmm. So many people want it. They put it there. The other thing is, is not everyone right, wrong, or in between, and what we think about it, Not everybody uses a 100-yard, quote-unquote, zero. In my opinion, you get out past 100, 200 yards. It's in, in my opinion, it's not really a zero. It's more just for that day. But mm-hmm. if you do do it further out, then you can use that um, zero weather or conditions because that will change, like you said, once you start reaching out there. Uh, as far right. and, But one of the big reasons, a couple reasons we use uh, a 100-yard zero, uh, one is that you don't have to be perfectly, you know, down to the inch to 100 yards you can be off a little bit and it still works just fine and the mm-hmm. other is uh like you said you can you can zero down here you can travel to anywhere you want as long as the mechanical system didn't get bumped or moved your zero is going to be right there so yeah anyone uh let me know if you hear it buzzing or anything in the background they're cutting some grass outside so if right. um so you don't have to worry about that the one percent incline uh we well, have to worry about that as far as your zero changing uh i see it for the exact same reasons uh you do and to give you a really good example because uh, I'm, I'm dabbling in uh some f class this year and then working on ammo so i have uh i don't know if you've seen these seb neo rests or big rests like you see on the bench rests and the f class guys and when i yep. use that and a big giant bunny ear bag like they do uh my mm-hmm. zero is different like uh, my yeah. load development's pretty much the same. Uh, but when I, if I were to, like, if I were to take, I made the mistake one time, I took my PRS rifle and I zeroed it in next I was like, man, it holds it straight, it'd be awesome. And I zeroed it in that. And then thankfully I went back and put it on the bipod in the bag. It's not the same zero because the, the rifle's reacting and being handled different. It's the same right. thing with us. We can handle them different. So, and you already yep. went over the different ways that it's a user input. The other things to consider, at the 100 yard zero if you can go back i forget which number podcast but when we had buck on and he mm-hmm. made a huge huge thing about how much more important parallax is up close and not far away that yep. is a big 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 one um reason that some guys have a uh, a couple tents or something in their zero is that parallax so you have to make sure that is absolutely dialed out and or you're absolutely straight behind to have a good edge to sight picture the other yep. one is lighting and mirage. Uh, if it's hot, especially if you're if you're prone, uh, you'll see a difference uh, down on the ground. If it's hot and there's mirage, uh, then if you get up on that bench and stand behind it, so that's something too. If you see a lot of mirage, if you don't have any other choice, zero zero one right there. Stand up on that bench, mm-hmm. get a little bit higher. It'll help you. The other thing is lighting. Uh, if you zero. Uh, and and jump in anytime if you hear something that's different than what you've seen but you know you zero with the sun to your bags under your eye or or on the target or different ways there can be a change mm-hmm. there uh, so what I do is if I know I had a good zero oh and another one another example to give you an idea I take my rifles apart all the way apart to clean them the barrel and everything I have mm-hmm. zeroed my rifles I've taken them out of the, I've taken the scope left the scope in the rings take the scope off take the chassis off put the barrel in a barrel vise, take the action off, clean it all, and I put it all back together, and my zero doesn't really change that much. You'll see the, the the as the barrel's fouling back, you'll see that it's a little bit off the point of impact, but then as soon as it fouls, you can actually watch it walk right back to where it was at. So it's good components, and everything's fitting back together the same. So it is pretty close, within a couple tenths. Uh, so if I know I had a good zero, and I go and check, if I'm within a tenth or two, I... I don't worry i won't change it i'm not gonna go chase it or anything like that just like you said it, it could depend on um how much coffee i had that day or maybe i got the rifle shouldered a little different and there was one other thing i was gonna as i was talking here in a stream of conscious i was one other thing yeah. i was gonna talk about and it might come to me in You're a second old, dude. yeah that's it's getting yeah, bad to get old, i gotta talk to uh, i'm getting talking bad. to some some uh optic companies this week and i had had given my advice a year or two ago and when they were asking about 10 mil turrets i was like ah nah uh now yeah let's do 10 mil turrets with really big numbers (laughs) i'll do five mil turrets at this point Uh, oh (laughs) now i know where it comes back this is gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna channel my inner lindy um we talk about how running stuff over a chronograph you know three and five shot groups is not really statistically significant you need much more than that and I'm not saying you can't zero your rifle in three or five shots. You absolutely can if you if you're a good if you know what you're doing if you have really good fundamentals. However, just in that same uh, thing, if you just took three shots, are you sure that you did everything exactly perfect? And and what I'm getting at is, unless you took a, a statistically significant amount uh, number of shots, you actually might not be zeroed perfectly. And I know guys yep. like Scott Satterly, He's he said before, like uh, I I actually liked it. He'll uh, he'll get a zero, and then the next time he shoots, uh, if he hadn't taken it apart or cleaned it or anything like that, and he's uh, like a tenth or two, he might he might click that in, and then the next time he might click it in, and by like a couple range trips, now he's perfectly dialed in, and his zero's just spot mm-hmm. on. Uh, that all makes sense, yep. or you got any issue with any of that?
0: No, I don't have any issue with any of that. It's just I I do notice also, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've got I have a what would be considered a vintage rifle, you know, a 1997 AW. And I've had 27 27 barrels on that thing. And that one, man, that zero never shifts. It never shifts. It just, I mean, I think every every screw and every nut and everything on that has already been stretched as much as it's going to stretch. It's already, you know, it's been torqued down perfectly for so long because metal does move around, does. you know, it does move around. And so when you start to look at, you know, if you have a 20 MOA base on there, you know, what is the difference in height between the front of that base and the back of that base? It's not very much. And that gives you 20 inches at a hundred yards. So, you know, the, the thing about it is, is, I think it's, I think it's more, it's more in how we're shooting the gun, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you, if you do have a, if you do have a new gun, I mean, there's, there's things that need to break in on it, not necessarily the barrel, but just, you know, the screws that are holding it into the, into the, the receiver, into the, um, into the chassis or stock, as well as your socket head cap screws on top of your, on top of your scopes, all those things are going to move. And it's kind of like the, I always say that, you know, if I pull off one of my barrels and I hit you in the head with it, you're going to say, damn, that's pretty hard. But really that metal's not that hard. You know what I mean? It's not that hard. Yeah, it moved. So Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, just Um, while, uh, uh, uh,
1: one quick question, uh, with your AEW, I don't know why, I don't know if anybody's interested in this, but, uh, do you do does that thing still headspace the same as it did, or is your your lug after that many rounds? Do you know if the headspace changed or the lug setback? Like, uh, how, do you still get barrels that are chambered the same as they were twenty seven barrels yeah. ago? Or, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it's the same, it's uh, the same. That's awesome. It is the same. Yeah, man. Well, it's a really good gun. It was a good gun back then. It's still a good gun now. Awesome. Yep. All right, moving on. Have you ever experienced truing your ballistic solver using waterline testing at a hundred side in? 300 yards, 600 yards, 900 yards, only to find the next day at a different elevation and atmospherics that your data is nowhere close to accurate. In this case, my data was so far off 0. 0.7 mils at 1200 that I feel I must have done something wrong in my initial setup. Mm. Ah. You want to go first? Or you want me to go?
1: I guess I'll jump real quick. Um, Cause that can be, can be I don't want to say it's a tough one. It, it hits one of those things where it depends. Um, If you have good data, all right, let's say perfect world. Um, I use applied ballistics, uh, use ballistics arc, right? Mm All right. So I use applied ballistics. If I either one have the custom curve that they've done, it does really well. Or I have got the correct BC and everything else is working because there's, we are talking about uh, electronics. We are talking about stuff that have uh, math, uh, you know, algorithms behind there and we don't have the ability at least on our end the user end to open the hood and change the algorithms we can only change what we can that being said if everything is um all things being equal and done correctly i don't see that big a difference These nowadays we've you know the math has gotten so good the the, the software is that good that if you did it properly now that doesn't mean that if if you had to fudge it or kind of lie to the calculator a little bit uh, depending on what you had to lie about to make it work where you were at it may not line up there um, let's say like right now i have everything tweaked really well on my stuff all i have to do is put in the muzzle velocity down to the to the foot per second and it works pretty much anywhere uh, however if i had used a bc or something else and i had to lie to it or i had uh, had to lie to it about the muzzle velocity for whatever reason uh, something was wrong on their end or i didn't have a, a input correct then no it may not line up or the next day it could be all messed up so like i said it depends but if, if everything's in there correctly these these solvers work extremely well at least not to the point of uh, seven tenths uh now what can happen is most like almost anything we do it's usually not just one thing it's a it's stacking errors we got a little bit of mirage. We had a little uh, two tenths off on a zero. Maybe we have a now we have a little bit more mirage here that adds another couple two tenths. Uh, we didn't con- we didn't manage the, the recoil or this that or a couple times on there or, or we have uh, the mirage uh, some light refraction and other stuff and all of a sudden now things have added up to seven tenths. Um, that is more than likely what happened and it's not one single thing. And if this is a was this a this these questions were from the same user. Okay, yeah, I would just lean towards, um, and he could have just been asking generic questions, but if if he's experiencing this or she's experiencing this, I would say that there's uh, something going on, either uh, with the the shooter, maybe you need to shore up some fundamentals, or you were in a hurry one day and not another, or or there's something in your mechanical system something's loose uh bolted together differently or it's loose it's moving around or something's up in the optic i would i would uh, troubleshoot mechanicals really easy to do real quick troubleshoot the mechanicals if that's there and you know everything's right in your software then um start troubleshooting the mechanics of the shooter
0: right all right well it does say in here in the question in the body of the question uh only to find the next day at a different elevation and atmospheric that your data is nowhere close to accurate. So when it, it, we had it all right on one day and then it's wrong the next day. However, um, all of what you said, okay, I'm, I'm good with all that, but I would direct this person to go to a website called Arcana Mavens. This is Lindy's website. Go to arcanamavens.com. And he has some uh, it's his website and he has some links in there for shooting related articles and it, one of the articles in there is a multitude of reasons why your ballistic solver solver could be giving you the wrong answer. I would mm-hmm. direct you to that and, and take a look at that. Yeah. And cause it's these questions, that one's kind of been that, you know, I mean, we all see that, you yes. know, we all see that if we're in different conditions, well now we've got, we've got different bullet speeds, you know, we've got, you know, uh, you were at a different elevation. So things are, things are going to change up anyway. I think it will probably be covered in on that website. Uh, Uh, moving on Uh rear bag effects, rear bag effects. Uh I noticed one, one day shooting my dasher in calm conditions before sunset and shooting East at a nine by 12 steel plate. So the sun's behind him that on a dirt berm that I would consistently hit the plate. And then other times a round or two or three would squirt high. I realized after one of these firing sequences that my crosshair settled high after the shot, and questioned if my rear bag fundamentals were lacking. Although I believe switching from using my game changer to a more cylindrical rear bag and focusing on firm bag pressure to overcome rifle stock ducking or compressing into the bag could be causing the vertical stringing. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. All the way around. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. It could be, and that's that's where you just got to play with those bags. But after the after the great bag wars of 2017, there's <laughs> yeah. so many bags out there that, that, uh, you can use and utilize and, and, um, and, and find one that's going to work for you. You know, some rear bags work in some situations, some work in other situations, kind of depends on what you're doing, but the game changer is more game changer is more meant for the forearm of the gun. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, I use them, I use them in the rear. I use them in the front. I mean, it, it's just, it, but yeah, just you to be more that conscious about a little what bit. you're doing with those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's made for a certain thing. All right, moving on. Mm -hmm. Although with my 18-pound brake dasher race gun or my 12-pound NRL Hunter brake 6.5 Creed, I normally see 70% of the impacts. even though I've been on glass enough to recognize 95% of impacts and misses when watching a shooter with binos. It seems I'm recovering fast enough to see impacts at 200-plus yards, but sometimes lose an impact in non-obvious backgrounds. Any suggestions other than to look closer,
2: <laughs> uh, look
0: closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, here's the thing. It, this 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 started at rifles only a long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were we were talking about you know that the whole idea of this is we need to be able to see the the see the our shot. We need to be able to see it. You know, whether we get a hit to know that we hit, or to measure it to measure a miss so that we can get a second shot follow up. Mm-hmm. And so. Whenever this comes out, and I see this a lot of times, you know, we're we're running our fundamentals and everything else. We get right up to that point where that trigger breaks, and then all the fundamentals get thrown out the window. But the thing about it is, by the time the trigger breaks and the bullet exits the muzzle, there's time in there. And I think that more shots are blown between that time than anything you could have done before. You know, other things matter, obviously. But that that is your critical time period. And so... We started working here on what is causing that. In other words, we need to drive that gun through it. And one of the one of the ways that I've explained it in my classes of late is if you're at a if you're driving your car and you're in a parking lot, university, Target parking lot, whatever, and you're driving along at 10 miles an hour and you see a speed bump coming up, uh, you slow down to five miles an hour, and go over the speed bump, then you speed back up to 10 miles an hour. But while you were going over the speed bump, you didn't stop driving the car. You continued to drive the car mm-hmm. and that speed bump, the, the, the analogy is the rifle recoiling and doing its job is that speed bump. You still have to drive it through. Now, a lot of things can cause your rifle to, to get off. You know, you're not coming straight back on the trigger. You're not straight behind the gun. You don't have enough meat behind it, or you're just holding the gun, not squarely into your shoulder pocket. This, you know, the, the recoil is going to exploit angles and it's also going to exploit weak spots. So all of those things add up to where you couldn't go. And then it's kind of the way that, that Frank Galley and I described it. You're looking for that zen moment whenever you're shooting in 100 yards and you actually watch the hole in the paper appear. And so once you can do that, then a lot of things start to fall in place. That, that question right there is so broad. Yes. Um, it, it, it's, difficult, it's difficult to say what is exactly you know, the reason that it's not doing because it could be any one of 30 different things. And you just have to kind of work it out and figure out which one it is. Um, I, he used the words "I'm." It seems I'm recovering fast enough to see impacts at two hundred plus. Well, it, the reality is there shouldn't be a recovery. You know what I mean? There, there should. You shouldn't have to recover from that shot. Going through that shot is actually none of your business. What you got to do is just keep on driving the fundamentals. You know, and let the gun do its job. Um, I, I know what he's talking about because I, obviously I've been there before. I remember those uh-huh. days when you know and and again we were shooting you know 308s unbraked, you know 300 wind mags unbraked. so yeah there's a period in there but once you start driving the that gun correctly it, it doesn't it doesn't happen you yeah. know what i mean it doesn't happen and so you just got to you got to practice with it and find out what the exact cause is for you i would suggest taking a class preferably at rifles only and we can certainly solve it because once you got a coach standing right there on top of you um you know we can figure this out relatively quick
1: oh yeah yeah that would that's the always the answer and not even just to, to push your stuff or anything I do or anything like that, just in general, having a good instructor, a good coach there with you, it'll they'll yep. figure it out in minutes, you know, and it yeah. might take you weeks
0: Typically. to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to skip one because it was kind of answered during that one, but I'm going to move on to one that you've already touched on Uh during this conversation. It says, in the scheme of things to work on, this one seems to fall to the bottom of the list, but I'll ask it anyway. So neglecting mirage off the barrel or ground effect, how does the sun's position in reference to your direction of fire affect your point of impact? Is it significant enough to take into account? The answer is it depends. Yeah. The old school of thought is you have to hold into the sun like you're holding into the wind. All right. Uh, I know that this is a lot more uh, dramatic, you uh-huh. know, using iron sights on a rifle, but it does exist uh-huh. with, with the powered optics. But to me, I, I, I don't even, I don't even take it into account. I, I really don't. I just, you know, I just go on there and somebody had put up a, I think we even talked about it on a podcast. Somebody had put um, a camera through a scope that uh-huh. was mounted rigidly, you know, throughout the day and how it changes, you know, as the sun goes from one, one side of the sky to the other, how the, how the crosshairs actually moved on the target. Uh-huh. So it, it, does, it does exist. Maybe I don't take it into account because I subconsciously kind of just nudge it, you know, just a little bit, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, you know, into that. Maybe, maybe it's just natural for me now. Um, but again, that's, that's one of those things. Uh, is it enough to, to really screw you up? No, just go play with it. You know, if you have the opportunity to go shoot in the morning, you know, and then, you know, have some lunch and then come back and shoot again in the afternoon and just kind of see what's going on with you. It's also going to depend on your eye. It's going mm-hmm. to depend on the optic you're using. There's a lot of different things, but it is does it exist. Yes, but it's pretty small.
1: Yeah. And they're, Unless somebody's come up with something, and, and if you have, uh, please email us tomorrow. I, I always love uh, reading new things or learning new things. There's no same thing with mirage when everybody's like, oh, okay, is it is it just point two here, or just point there? It, it, there's no because you got your your eye, my eye, the mirage, the angle, because it, it's it's basically an illusion is what we're looking at. So it's right. uh, there's no real way to. I mean, you can account a little bit, you know, some mirage or something. Hey, uh, I see the mirage is moving up. I'm gonna aim a little bit lower, but. For me, it's all the the, – very rarely do I take the stance of, uh, well, you just got to kind of feel it because I do believe that uh, while you can get very good with your rifle and feel, that we can always – if you really want to, you can explain things. However, in this instance, not so much. You got to get out there and and know your rifle, know the bullet you're using and all that, and then you'll just know you're like – your brain says, I've seen this condition a lot. I know that I need to do this, but there is no – and no one that I've uh, been able to see – that's far smarter than me, Lindy or anybody else is able to say, Hey, with this angle of this, with this, with that, you can adjust two tents and you'll be there. So it exists, but there is no perfect answer for it.
0: Correct. Yeah. And you need to some distance on your distance mm-hmm. comes the, the wind and, you know, um, sloppy fundamentals and all kinds of stuff like yep. that. So very good. Well, listen, um, I, first off, you know, they, I, I think really good question. Oh, that's um, awesome. I, uh, man, I appreciate, I cannot, I cannot, tell you how much I appreciate y'all, uh, writing in and, you know, on the, on the, on the email and, and letting us know. And, and uh, it, it, helps us to get more information out there and I very much appreciate it. And those are very valid questions and you did not waste your time and you didn't waste hours. I appreciate it. Hey, we have something else going on today. Um, we had gone to minnesota last summer you and i and uh and and viking and we went up there and did some a couple of 22 classes anyway we met troy tyson from dst precision and anyway he's on with us today troy how are you i am doing great how are you guys doing good man doing good troy also came down and did that class last week and so it was nice to have him in south texas he all of us are bundled up looking like, you know, we're pulled out our, our fancy parkas and everything else. And he's over here like, you guys are, y'all guys are, it's, it's not cold. And he was right, I guess, but, uh, he's made it back. And he's made it back to Minnesota and he called in to, to visit with us a little bit about, about what he's doing. Uh, he's got a pretty interesting product that we're carrying in our pro shop as well. And it's, it's the DFAT system. You want to tell us about that, sir?
2: Absolutely. Yep. It's uh, the DFAT, uh, my dry fire training aid and, um, it allows us to use our precision rifles um, that are, you know, designed to focus at, you know, fifty yards or further. Um, they focus um, in indoors, twelve feet basically. Mm-hmm. And um, in doing so, then um, I've made some targets that we can, um, you know, they simulate ranges. But we can get behind the gun and do some dry fire practice, get some, um, you know, practice on our trigger uh, trigger pulls or trigger squeezes, and even go through the motions that we use with um you know with matches um mm-hmm. whether you want to break out a timer and try to go through five positions in two minutes or if it's well like me the what where i originally <laughs> needed this in my life or where i kind of designed it is um we were um shooting offhand standing sitting kneeling back when i started in PRS. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i really felt like i was wasting money i was shooting at a 12 inch plate at 200 yards and it was like I was just throwing dollar bills down range. So I did yeah. my needs, the
0: better. All right. Well, how, how'd you, how'd you come up with this? Well, how, it's, what, it's, how does it work?
2: It's, it's, what does it do? It's general magic. Optics. It's It's actually been magic. out. <laughs> yeah, it's magic. <laughs> it's right next to the unicorn powder. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's general optics. It's been out in the market. You know, Liverpool actually had like a 50 foot adapter back in the 70s, I think for small bore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I kind of make this, and I adapt it to our you know the precision rifle community, and mm-hmm. um, that's why I'm making targets. You know, I have a, you know the standard ones that are just random ranges, whether you know out in the the wilderness or snowy ranges, or I'm making custom ones for the NRL 22 two matches now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Way, I have a craft rifle target is is a, is a dry fire sample too, so you can you practice that. Oh, that's cool. um, So, you know, lots of different ways of uh, making it so it fits into what we see when we're actually really shooting at a match. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we spend, you know, however many hours in the car and three days of vacation, and we literally shoot like 20, 40 minutes on a whole weekend, you know, on the clock. Right. Right. If that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here you can, you know, no one likes to, let's say, work out, but, I mean, here, realistically, if you do five or ten minutes, once or twice a week, it's almost mm-hmm. like adding another whole match to your your weekly routine.
0: Yeah, I, I never really looked at it like that. I know that whenever we were up there training um, in Minnesota, we were at Rush Lake Range, and um, it, you know that we had that that weather that was coming through, and we were able to go actually inside the clubhouse there, bring in some props, put up your targets, and you outfitted every rifle with this thing, and we were able to not not miss out on a training day because of that, because there's no way we we're going to be outside. It was just terrible. I mean rain, wind, everything else. Yeah. It and, was uh, you know, you're not go ahead. Go ahead. Oh,
1: I was gonna say it was so nice that honestly, even if the weather wasn't bad, I considered doing this because you could sit inside a really controlled environment, you can do a lecture and get really intimate there with the students while there's no other distractions. I mean, this thing was awesome for that.
0: Yeah, it it was. Um, I know that you know, we didn't miss out on that. Of course rifles only picked up on that right away. And we, you know, we wanted to be dealers of this thing. And, you know, I've used it several times. And if you're any kind of listener to the podcast, or if you've been to a class at rifles only, you know how much, you know, we absolutely promote dry fire and, you know, you're right. You're right. If you, if you're working all week and then, you know, you're going out to uh you know, you're going out to a match. And then really by the time, you know, the clock's on there, you know, if you, if you're doing 16 events, you know, at two minutes each, you're not really shooting that much. And then this gives you the opportunity to go and do that. And I know I've, I've um, you know I've also talked about you know the the people that are out there Regina Milkovich Allison Zane you know what is Allison saying that you know she just dry yeah. fired you know what I mean that's that that's it and Regina's the same way I've been I've stayed up at her and Tim's before and you know she's got places around there just to dry fire and this just this I think gives you more I know that the targets that that he has you know of different landscapes and you know you can go out there and you know you can actually yeah, you, know, you could actually use these for you know range estimation. You know, you could yes. measure your targets. You know, with your mills, just for for the mill ranging formulas, you can actually you know you dry fire on these things, right handed, left handed, barricades, you know, standing, kneeling, sitting, slung up, not slung up. It, there's really nothing else that that you know you can't do with it, and um, it, it is a super item. Now, now Troy, this thing is you've got it to where it'll adapt to different scopes. I know whenever our our dealer kit came in. Yeah, you know, there's there's slots in there, and you said this one this one fits this scope. You know, this one fits yep. this scope and this scope. This one fits this scope and this scope. Tell me about the parts of this thing, and and how they fit together. So if someone wants to order one, they'll kind of know what they what they need to order.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, the the old one or the original Gen One were just like the Butler Creek scope cap with um mm-hmm. with a lens put in there and an aperture. The new mm-hmm. ones um are they have a superior lens in them. They're actual mm-hmm. um uh you know optical quality you know like uh scope glass instead of eyeglass mm-hmm. lens in there and it, it, you have the main dfat system whether it's a 37 or a 55 dfat that refers to the thread size that's on that system and okay. then you can buy the adapter rings to fit your scope okay. so you only you know the the hundred dollar item or the 98 dollar dfat item is one thing and then you can buy 10 dollar rings to fit you know, your whole collection of scopes instead of having to buy a new unit for each one. Or okay. like when the new scope comes out, you know, what am I going to, Oh, I want this this year. I want the gen three or, the, or the, you know, the, the do zero
0: count. Yep. So that, just, that, 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 that just, that rings of screws on, I I mean, I've used it. It just screws into the, to the objective lens, you know, where it's always threaded for a sunshade or anything else. And then the, the other item just flips onto that. Boom. Correct. It screws right into that. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, I can can say.
2: Oh, good. Sorry.
0: No, go ahead. ahead, I was going to tell everybody,
1: and I I mean this, I'm not even hardly joking. I mean, if if you do, unless you have a range out your back door or it's five minutes away, even if it's five minutes away, if you're not real good at making yourself get up and go, you really can't afford not to have one of these things. I mean, I've got a I've got like three or four of the targets that are that are just taped with scotch tape to the uh, to my walls. And and I use them yeah. here because I you know I don't ha- I I do have a range now uh, just about ten or fifteen minutes away, a uh, hundred yards that I can use. But yeah, if you are serious about getting good at this game, whether it's a game for you, whether it's uh, for hunting, or whether it's for your job or any other thing, you really just can't. I mean, the the they're awesome. I I owned one a while back when it was because I remember the Butler Creek one and it wasn't bad. I liked it, but this one that he's got now, it's better. And like I said, I, I just don't think you can, it, it really should just be, a, something that you're required to buy. If it, when somebody's like, Hey, what do I need to buy when I'm doing this? We need to buy this, the rifle and a, and a D defat. Yeah, it should be required.
0: Yeah, it should. And it, that's the thing I always say, you know, that if you, if you ignore your dry fire technique, you can get actually really pretty good, but you're never going to be great until you put in your time dry firing. Oh, I agree.
2: Yeah, for the price, I mean, considering how much everything costs in this sport, it's very—it's a very low cost item. You know, we're we're spending several thousand dollars on scopes and guns and everything, and this is you know, you know, hundred dollars or so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so DST Precision is your is your company.
2: Correct. Got Got any other items that you saw? Um, I I, I, I just was uh told about the importance of the bungee sling. So now I'm selling mm-hmm. that oh, <laughs> I was just selling for training. Yeah, we're a little, <laughs> and, uh, we're a little yeah, partial so. to
1: those, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, day one, I shot like normal down there, but day two, um, I decided to dish the whole bag thing and Jacob really mm-hmm. helped me out with that. Um, I didn't even think that was possible to shoot this type of sport without a bag at all. And, um, I was very impressed with, uh, what I can do with that. Um, I will definitely be using the deep more than I used to because, um, on um, aim, I can do that, but I am slow, <laughs> so I need to figure out how to do it a little quicker. Um, but yeah, I have the D here, and I you know I stock everything from you know um, you know foundation chassis to little you know a little bit of everything here. Twenty two ammo, whatever. Um, you know, as far as dry firing though, um, sometimes people run their dope cards and a timer and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well. Um, I just recently am, am picking up um, uh, Chad's uh, timer, the crush it timer. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting those so they can have the timer and your dope card right right next to you. So you can kind of do it all as a package. So I'm excited about that.
0: Nice. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I tell you what, Troy, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about this. You can just hang on with us here for a little bit while we move through some other housekeeping stuff. <laughs>
1: Thank you Um, guys for having me.
2: Yeah, the only other question I had
1: is uh, just back up for two minutes here uh, because we forgot to get into it. Um, uh, uh, Hey, Troy, who are you? Uh, Like, uh, where'd you come from? (laughs) Tell us about yourself. (laughs) We forgot all about that.
2: Um, We did. uh, Just just the guy that shoots a precision rifle from Minnesota. Um, You know, we started, we didn't have much for uh, matches up here in Minnesota. Um, You know, back in 2014, we actually, I think there was like 30 of us that were shooting matches up here and that's about it. And you'd go to a match and you'd shoot 30 rounds if you did well on it. And that's what you shoot all day long. Um, and then I went down and shot some of the big matches down south. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So we kind of brought some of that back to Minnesota and we kind of started our own little Minnesota series and eventually border wars and other matches started popping up. So if we, you know, now there's more match, there's more than one match on a weekend sometimes up here where we used to have three all year long. That's so awesome. this is pretty cool that we're we're getting stuff going up here in
0: Minnesota. All right. yeah, I know um, I can now, speak to that crew that you have up there. You oh, got a fun. very very robust robust group of shooters up there. They're they're doing a lot of stuff, and I, I just I see you guys. I'm i friends with several of you on the internet, and uh, man, y'all go out and shoot in some pretty cold conditions. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I like I
2: like I say practice what you shoot in, but yeah, yeah. when I flew down there, it was 17 below. I'm not going to go yeah. out and practice in that, so that's why yeah. that's when the defat works.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very good, very. I know I'm going to leave some people out, but I know you're up there in that area. Make sure you say hi to them for us, Brian, Reese, Ruth, Michelle, and, and of course Molly. Absolutely, yep. yep. Yeah, I all had all a lot pass. of
1: fun. I mean, even if we're I don't know if we're going to be back up there for a class or not this year, we'll have to figure that out. But I, I think, uh, and I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of time, more time on Centerfire this year, but I think I'm still going to get up there, uh, free the or and or Brian stuff, just just to hang out on a a personal time. (laughs) I know it's just to go hang out.
2: <laughs> we we have for a match sure. coming up on February fifth. If you guys want to come up and shoot it, it's a uh, ring fire match.
1: Yeah, w- what's the what's the weather like in February fifth? I'm gonna oh, say oh yeah, it, it
2: might be almost above zero.
0: No, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't sure. I don't like you guys that much. <laughs> I'll, I'll Facetime. <laughs> yeah, we'll Facetime that match. Uh, can we? Maybe we can figure out a way to shoot it remotely. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Down here in the sun. <laughs> Well, cool deal. Well, all right, guys, everybody listen up. We've got um, some stuff coming up at Rifles Only. The brawl's coming up the third weekend in, in February. There's a train-up right before that. Um, check the calendar for the 22 classes uh, here in, in Texas, as well as in as in Colorado and Minnesota. We are going to Minnesota, Dave. Oh. Um, check out the, the PR1 and 2s. Back in Colorado, we'll be doing high angle and field craft. Uh, so check out the Minnesota stuff and also Michigan. We're going to be in Michigan the first week of August, I believe. No, first week of September. So look at the calendar if you want to do that. Again, uh, coming up to the brawl that's coming up, I just want to give a shout out to some of the companies that are, and this is not a complete list, but it's some of the companies that are that are on board as sponsors. As Proof, XLR, uh, Manners, b and and t sponsors as well as they pay for the food. Um, I love B&T. Accuracy International, yeah, Accuracy International uh, North America. Uh, impact data books, loophole, JC Steele. Um, you know, the, he's, he's gonna sponsor again DST Precision, who's on the phone with us right now, and Defiance. And like I said, this is not the whole list, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out. There's the only list that I grabbed coming through the office, um, right now. And this is this is kind of old. I know there's more people too, but I just wanted to have a shout out to them as well as, <coughs> you know, MGM, uh, the two bets tripods. I know that those guys, two bets is gonna be here, uh, you know, mile high, uh, Swarovski, all those guys have, have always been really good to us at the matches and things like that. So whenever you, whenever you're going to, going to go out and spend your money, do it at those companies. Yeah. I, I, and I love all those companies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is Vivert. Vivert has always, you know, we Viver, uh, uh, you Vivert, know, awesome. uh, that we use, I did yeah, the, 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 uh, the spring still out here and it's mm-hmm. like the, You know, I've, I've never had since I put all those out there and you know that that's, we have these out here plus, you know, other target companies too, really good companies out there, MGM, everyone else, but that Springsteel target, man, I've abused the hell out of those and they work really good. As with the MGMs, I've got MGM targets here that I've had for over a decade and they're, they're still holding up really well, but yeah
1: yeah I, I think uh jay uh vibbert man um with jc steel i uh man he'll he just bend over backwards he's awesome i think i picked up a, a cert one time and I, I just happened to ask and he could have told me no i just said hey does this this cover any type of custom or any of that and he said actually yeah so i actually had him i gotta find out i think that target's on somebody's property i don't know where it's at it's a uh, i had him build <laughs> a uh an ipsic with uh had two bolt holes in it and then you could bolt a truing bar up to it it was by four inches tall and then he built me a wind trainer and all that and i mean he was on the phone or, or instant messenger or whatever he was great the whole way man if you need anything whether it's stock or custom it's awesome i mean i'm sure mgm's great too i just have dealt with uh, jc and uh, and he's awesome to deal with
0: yeah I, I, you know, they both are they both are the like i said the mgm stuff that we've had out here we've never we've never had any issues with it at all we had some we, we had these targets that they had a stand and then um a piece of metal at the bottom bottom that you could put in uh, a two by four. And Mm -hmm. then of course that would, that would go up and you know, you you put your target on there. Well, I was at shot show and I told, I said, man, we've got this target. But the problem is, is people hit low and whenever they run into the stand, what it does is it it bends the metal and then I can't get the the two by four out of it anymore. Uh, They said, well, we'll solve this and send it to you. And sure enough, they did. And they sent them out and they're, um, they're the same thing except they've got AR 500 over they, in other words, they made where you stick the two by four in. that's AR 500. So if it gets hit, yeah, it's just as if you're hitting the target. Um, you know, just, it doesn't, it doesn't go and bend the metal into the woods where you can't move it anymore. Really, really ingenious way to solve that.
1: Yep. What else? Well, did I lose you? No, 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 I'm still
0: here. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I, I wanted to, I wanted to save some of those questions for our, our, uh, our next episode, but, um, but yeah, check out, check out the events that we have going on here and around the country. And, and if you still want to get into the brawl, we've, we still got slots for you. And again, to you, uh, Troy, thanks for coming down, um, and, and shooting with us last week. I had a really good time hanging out with you. The, the training was fun, but it was more fun just to, just to hang around and talk with you and, and visit with you and get to know you better. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Yep, It was very enjoyable coming down there and the weather was excellent, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Dave, you got anything? No, I I got that. If
1: you guys want to stay on the the horn here for a second while we play some, I don't even know what kind of music this is,
0: but we're going to play it for a little bit. I told you to find that song, Our House.
1: I'll do that next week.
0: (laughs) All right, sounds good.